Brother Catherine, I wanted to thank you. I have two things here for you. These are special containers that contain some special items that you gave me. And I just personally wanted to get them back to you because I know that you're going to put some more things in these containers. <laughs> so, 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 just want you to know, I'm going to give them to your son-in-law, but he is not to keep them. Because <laughs> he, he can't do what you can do with those containers. <laughs> I just need to say that, Donna, it has been good to have you here. I think this may be your last Sunday before you head back. And Donna is the sister of Nancy and Sherry. We are just blessed when you come into town and you are here. And just want to just thank you for, you know, coming to worship with us. Um, so thank you. Let's give her a hand. It is also good to see when Patarly is not in school, he is here. He's even come on occasion to um, noon prayer, surprises. And so, Patarly, we're good to see you. Glad to see you. Let's get Patarly. Brother Keitho is just a prayer warrior who just come in and take his shoes off and just walk around. And he'll come and kneel before the, the, on these steps with his hands outstretched and just, just an inspiration. And then not long ago, he said, Pastor, I want my wife at church. And we talked and prayed. And within a week, a couple of weeks, she's been coming faithfully. She's not here today, but she's been coming faithfully. So we want to thank God for Brother Keitho and just everybody. just wanted to acknowledge that. Sister Florence, would you come up, please? Sister Florence wanted to honor the pantry and um, did that on Saturday about a week ago and had certificates. Would you please... Read the certificates. Thank you. I know you run up and down those steps every Sunday, even with some of your family members. But And we wanted to, it just was pressing on my mind to, to just say thank you to the pantry staff because they, they just are heroes down there, and you are one of them. So thank you for tireless, dedicated service to the People's Inner Cities Fellowship Food Pantry. Actually, the community, the community comes on Thursday and just have a really a good program down there. Presented uh, last uh, Saturday at our, at our party, the 15th day of December. You are truly appreciated. Blank piece of paper in that one. Just want to have you stand with me, please, as we pray. Today, Lord, we recognize the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that down through the centuries, birth has been foretold, the time that you would come to this earth that you, in fact, created, <laughs> where you were the one who put the stars in the sky and the galaxies in place. You know all of the names, stars and the galaxies, the planets, Yet you chose to come to this place to die for people who had turned their backs on you, weren't even seeking you. And in fact, you came at a time when we were in the midst of our sins, demonstrated your love toward us, toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, you died.
died for us. Lord, yes, we are saved by grace through faith. This is not of ourselves. We can't boast about anything you have done. This is a gift of God, not of works, so that nobody can boast. It's the work that you have done. Today we recognize that it's because of what you've done. The fact of your coming that we celebrate. You eclipse all events, all birthdays. You take precedence. Today we are grateful to you that you have given us truth, for you are truth. We love you, we praise you, we honor you. We exalt you and we say happy birthday to you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Passages that I'm going to be reading. I'm going to read a rather lengthy passage or passages today. I'm going to read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 35, and then chapter 2 of Luke, verses 1 through 15. I'm doing that because of the wanted to, want to present the context of the, of the story of Christ, the fact that he was born, been foretold, even from the very beginning of the book of Genesis, told by Isaiah the prophet, Micah. Everything centers on the birth of Jesus Christ. All the world turns their attention to Christ. Because God has ordained that he be the focus. So even when people are trying to deny him, they are focusing on him. They're willing to accept everything else, but Christ is the answer. He's the one who was born for the sins of the world. He was born to come and to die. He came into this world because God had planned it from the very beginning. You ought to be glad today that you were included in God's plan before the foundation of the world, of this world. Your parents hadn't even thought of you yet. When they were taking winks at one another, God had already planned you here. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 35. This is how it reads. In the sixth month, of the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be? I am a virgin. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. Skip down to verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. 
let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away, From them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Everybody said amen. Amen. The title of the sermon is Jesus was born the Savior of the world. Jesus was born the Savior of the world. Today, Jesus continues to be the focus of much debate. And his celebrated birth, Every Christmas, Christmas never ceases to have uh, a host of naysayers. Jesus is always getting a lot of naysayers. They're, they're always having things to say. Just recently, a professor tried to claim that the birth of Jesus was forced upon Mary as she did not give consent. In a response to the statement, I stated that just for the sake of humoring me, I said that the professor is dead wrong. And then I said that in Luke 138, Mary says to the angel that she is the servant of the Lord, and let it be done according to your words. Now we even see that Jesus has been brought into the Me Too movement. This movement, this this matter has blown up, and, and, and this professor has the nerve to say that Mary didn't give consent. Our world is backwards today. They want to deny Jesus, but the Lord God himself said that Jesus is going to be born. Well, let me assure you that Jesus' birth has no equal. It has not been more highly celebrated. It ha- rather has been more highly celebrated and anticipated than any other event on this earth or in this world. The celebration of Jesus, and even though the world would try to destroy Christmas and any reference to Jesus, 
they can continue to bark and make noise. Jesus is here to remain and his kingdom is eternal. Point one, Mary receives a message from God. That would be our passage that we read in Luke chapter one. The verse is there. I would dare to say that some of your parents um, have not had a visit from an angel stating that you were going to be born. I would dare to say that, and I would dare to put a penny on it that I'm correct. The long period uh, between the Testaments, those silent years oftentimes referred to between the old and the new, is what we call the intertestamental period, this period of 400 years, a silent period where there was no word, it sounds like, it seems, from the Lord, no audible word to prophets, but God was moving even through those times of what we call the intertestamental period. He was at work. The Lord was preparing for the birth of his son, Jesus Christ, that would be that would come upon this scene in great power. Mary, having learned that she was selected by the angel Gabriel that had been dispatched by God himself, having learned this, was puzzled and wondered what this greeting really meant. What is this about? As this anticipated birth by many women, they hoped that they might be the one to bear the Messiah, but But the Lord found favor with Mary. Overwhelmed with amazement, she accepted the terms of the agreement given by Gabriel at the direction of the Lord Almighty. How wonderful Mary's obedience and submission is to such a wonderful revelation. God can barely get us to drive across the street and to be obedient to him. Dare he ask us to walk? We just wouldn't go. What is it about us not even willing to drive across the street to do God's will? Got multiple cars, and God can't get us oftentimes to go. How is it that Mary, this teenager, was so receptive to the angel's word sent by God that she would be the mother and says, let it be according to your words. Hmm. So the prophecy of Isaiah 9, 6 is about to be fulfilled in chapter 1 that we read in Luke. Jesus is going to be born, this child. He's going to be the wonderful counselor. The mighty God. He's going to be the one that's going to be born as the Savior of the world. We need to note that all of God's attention was focused on this event. And the places selected were selected uh, by prophecy. God had given prophecy of where this child was to be born. It was fulfilled. The message that Mary received were were three things I looked at. Three things. One, the message was an affirming message. Number two, the message was an, an appreciated message. And the message was an accepted message. Mary, number one, in the affirming of the message, was selected as the one to receive the message. And the Lord did not get the person wrong. I know sometimes we say, God, you must have the wrong person. You can't mean me, Lord. No, not me. Please, Lord, choose somebody else. 
I just can't do it. I can't go, Lord. I just don't, I don't know what to do. God says, just make yourself available. I'll do the work. Lord, I just don't know. I, can, I can't trust you. Oh, there's, that's the problem. We don't trust God. It's an affirming message to Mary. Message was a perplexing message. She was awestruck and afraid. And as I've told you before, the appearance of angels was a thing that would freak people out. It would scare them so much to the point where the angel would, would often have to say, fear not, do not be afraid. Tell you today that we've got to understand that when God sends a message, it is not only for us to hear, but it is a message for us to obey. Thank God that Mary was willing to obey the Savior. And I need to tell you this. Mary, again, again, she needed a Savior. But please remember, God found favor with her. Sometimes, I tell you, Mary gets a bad rap. She's being put down. Oh, oh you know, they, they pray to Mary. No, you're not to pray to Mary. But God chose her because of her status, because she found favor with him. She was the one to bear the Messiah. But she's not to be worshipped. She accepted the cause. She accepted the responsibility. Said, may your will be done. We see the, those, af, those comforting, affirming words that she was favored by God and that the Lord was with her. It's a good thing when God is with us. There was just recently, just this week, I, I received an email of uh, this report that had to be done, and, and I lost some sleep because I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I, I, I sent it in. Okay, what are they asking me to, to have to, to do? Can I do it? Oh, and, and so I, I got up that morning and, and, I, and I came and I, I was praying, and as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me or just gave me a word that, that I can do anything. I was right over there. And I heard the Lord, and I thought, God made this vast universe. He placed me in the position where I'm at. He's already blessed and shown himself, and I just began to worship and praise the Lord. Just because I know that he had the answer. And so for a few days, I just left the email unread. I just saw that it was there. And so the other night, I opened and began to work. And as I'm working on this matter, I say, it's only one thing. I say, oh my goodness, bless the Lord. And this long report, I started sometime and this one item, but it was pretty significant. And as I'm working, the Lord brought to my remembrance something that I had done a couple of years ago. And one of the things they were asking for, and the Holy Spirit gave me the answer right then. So I went to my, my little secret spot on the computer where I keep some items I'm not telling you about. And, and put my, my password in and did a quick search and saw here it is right here and plugged that information in. And, oh, this is what it is. Totally forgot. But God brought that particular thing that I needed. At that point, he brought it to my mind. Made a scan of it, sent it back to the state and said, uh, uh, here's the information, see the attachment. Let me know if there's anything else you need. Merry Christmas and have a good new year. I'm waiting to hear back from her because right now the um, approval um, right now is conditional. You get 45 days. I want to get done. I want to get through with it right away. Did it in three. Here, take it back here. Here it is. 
And I'm just waiting. Lord, is there something else? You've got this. But the Lord showed me, told me, I've been with you. So when God, when we fear, when something happens, we need to understand that if God has placed you somewhere, he's going to take you through, and he has the answer for you. Mary was the person that was chosen for the assignment. And she said, may your will be done. The second thing is that Mary appreciated the message. And she listened to what was said. She appreciated the message. It was affirmed and she appreciated it. She asked for clarification in how she was to be obedient. Most times when we ask a question for God, it is not to show how we are to be obedient, but how we can get out of it. We need to reverse that. Stop asking God how you can get out of something he's told you to do. And say, Lord, how should I do this? What's the plan? Show me clearly what you want me to do. Rather than, oh, I'm not the one, Lord. Yes, you are the one. He's called you. Tell you, God doesn't give all these always easy assignments. God wants you to be able to go through something and trust him because he says, I've got you covered. So she appreciated it. And the third is that she accepted the message and felt honored that she would be used by God in this way. We need to show the acceptance by giving God the praise for what he is doing. Oftentimes we just turn away from God and just go our own way. That's what happens with people oftentimes, that when they get blessed by God and go back out there and don't, don't return many of them, they don't appreciate God. They come for a quick fix, but they don't appreciate God. It's a person who can say, Lord, I blew it, I'm coming right back. That's a good thing about what God does in in our lives is that when we blow it, we can turn around and say, Lord, I'm sorry, and return. And I blow it, my wife says, oh, I'm sorry, and hope she forgives me. I know she's going to forgive me. It may take a little bit, but she's going to forgive me. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I've learned how to apologize. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to say it that way. Well, I meant it at the time, but I changed my mind now. I feel differently. Do you not know sometimes when you get upset, you want the other person to know you mad? And so you kind of walk around pouting in front of them, hoping that they see you mad. Want them to experience this madness that I'm feeling. I'm upset, and you ought to know I'm upset. So I'm going to pout in front of you. I'm going to walk past you and not say anything. Give you the silent treatment so you know I'm upset. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong with me. You upset? No, I'm not upset. Okay, well, good. Yes, I'm upset. What do you mean good? We need to understand that God has a plan for our life, and we need to accept the message. Point number two, the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Chapter two, try to get you out of here before Christmas, so I want to help you get through this point here. Because if I was to take my time here, we would definitely be here to the day after Christmas, and I want to make sure that you can get out and get something to eat for those of you who are making gumbo and greens and 
potato salad and cornbread and all those other things and amen. <laughs> For those who are eating salads because that's because you want to lose weight. Now, this ain't the time. Do it after. Eat, eat, eat to your heart's content. This is a celebration. Jesus is born. Told my sister the other day, I'm gaining weight. Y'all stop this. She said, it's almost over. It's almost over. The holiday seasons are almost over. I saw with the men. Oh, Lord, help me. Let me go on. The birth of Jesus. Many have sought to discredit Luke as the author and as a writer, um, as he has stated that Caesar Augustus gave the decree that there should be a registration, and Quirinius was governor. Many of the authors and many of the writers state that, well, the time that Jesus was born, Quirinius was not the governor. And so many have sought to undermine the account of Luke. The idea and the, and the issue now seems to be there were two different periods in which Quirinius ruled or governed. There was, an, there was a census or a tax in what's called, well not what's called, but in A.D. 6, where there was a tax that he made on the Jewish people, a taxation, making them basically saying that you are subservient to Rome. But there was a decree that was issued by uh, Caesar Augustus, the emperor, uh, prior to the birth of Jesus, possibly 6 B.C., 7 B.C., um, that all of the citizens, those people need to go register at their home place. Now, it's interesting that the Lord can move on the hearts of unbelievers to have the scriptures fulfilled, to have prophecy carried out. Interestingly enough, it became a, a matter of, I don't know if it was a rule or just law, about every 14 years they began to do a census. Up until this time, it hadn't been something that was known to really have been done, but about every 14 years, a registration was, taken, was to take place. Quirinius was a very strategic military person, and there was a very, another person that was also the governor at the same time, around maybe 7 to 4 B.C., and it is believed that these two individuals had different obligations or responsibilities. Quirinius was the person in charge, and governor basically meant the person that was just a ruler. It wasn't necessarily in the terms of how we think of the governor today. It was not the governor. Um, so when we think of the governor, we think of a person in, certain, in a certain role, but it was a person that was a ruler. Uh, Quirinius, was, Quirinius seemed to have been the ruler of foreign affairs and of the military. And Luke said in his account, that when he was writing to Theophilus, when you read the book of Acts and the book of Luke, you will come to find out that he says he researched everything very carefully. And what they have found, come to discover is that there were two different periods in which Quirinius was actually ruler. And so the time of when the census was to be taken place or was to happen, it was also during the time before Herod the Great was dead because Herod the Great died in 4 B.C. Remember that the Magi, the wise men, saw the star after Jesus was born. In fact, after a couple of years, and they traveled to worship, and Herod said, bring me back word so that I too can come and worship him. 
But his plan was to kill him. And when they were warned in a dream what he was planning to do, or they, the angel sent them another way. And then Herod said every male child two years and under was to be killed. Well, I believe that Jesus was born anywhere between 6 and 4 B.C. So Jesus' birth at the time of Herod, who would try to kill him later, Jesus was a threat to him. But all the Jewish people, the people of Israel, longed and looked forward to this time. And in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it talks about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. The birth of Jesus has always been a threat to people who have rejected him. People who don't like Jesus and reject him. Jesus has always been a threat to individuals. The coming of Jesus' birth led God, as I said, to even call Caesar Augustus to issue a decree that a census or registration take place. Now, this was a registration that the men would go to. Mary didn't necessarily have to go to register, but because she was betrothed or married to Joseph, she went. And because of the word that she received from the angel that the child had to be born in Bethlehem, she went. And while they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for the child Jesus to be born just as it had been predicted for centuries How do you respond when God keeps his word? How do you respond when Jesus, God Almighty, keeps his word? What do you do when the Lord says, I am surely going to carry this out? Just wait. How are you in waiting on the promises of God? Do you wait or do you complain? Now, it is interesting that when Jesus was born, that he was... Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes were strips or pieces of cloth. And they were oftentimes wrapped around the child in order to keep the limbs straight and keep the child from hurting themselves. It is interesting that when you look at the birth of this child, the manger is one of the main focuses. He is going to be born and will be in a manger. That's what was told to the shepherds. Now, I thought when I was looking at this, and even as this morning, I was thinking, well, this is quite interesting to me because I haven't thought about it in this way. When the the angel, after the birth of Jesus, appeared to the shepherds, telling them where to look and what had happened, he said, you will find a child in a manger. Now, how did he know at that time rather than the child being in the arms of his mother? Holding that child that she just had. But when you get there, he will be in a manger. I thought that was fascinating. Today, many people are not looking for Jesus. But this is who they need. The plan of the Lord is not changing. When Mary and Joseph got to Bethlehem, and they said there's no room in the inn, they got to a place where the child was born They believed in a stable, and it's oftentimes in history say a cave was placed in a manger, which is a a feeding trough for animals. Placed there, according to scripture, the child, the Savior, is born in Bethlehem. 
Now the announcement that comes, it comes to shepherds who are out in the field caring for the sheep that would be used in the temple sacrifices. In my readings, I come to find that shepherds work were oftentimes not considered to be reliable witnesses, and they wouldn't even be used in a court of law as a witness. And yet it's to the shepherds that the angels came and presented this good news. The angel Gabriel came and made this announcement that in the city, in the town of of David, a Savior is born. Shepherds out watching their sheep those that were considered to be the lowest of the low, no status and oftentimes looked down upon, wouldn't be used in court. The king of glory dispatched his angel, Gabriel, and says, go to those shepherds that nobody listens to and tell them that there is going to be a savior born in Bethlehem And this is how you will know that you've got the right one. He will be in a manger. Father and the mother there. And the Bible says, they said, let us go and see. But before they went, who appeared with with this angel Gabriel, the Bible says, was the host of heaven. Now the host was the army. Can you imagine the army showing up with Gabriel? Those that are meant to battle and those that would be, let's say, pulled from their spiritual responsibility. Everything is directed toward Bethlehem. And they are present, appearing and singing glory to the king of glory, the child to be born in Bethlehem. The host of heaven shows up on the scene and began to praise the almighty God. I tell you, this baby Jesus is something else. That even the angels will sing. And we got people bold enough to say that Jesus doesn't belong in the public square. They got the wrong Jesus. As I bring this to a conclusion for today, the angels can worship Jesus, who are mightier than we. What are we waiting for? It was after the angels left the shepherds, and he said, let us go and see. And they went and saw what happened. Now, what is interesting also to me was that as they told of the things that took place, the people heard them and believed. And the Bible says that Mary treasured these things in her heart. Here's a group that wouldn't be believed, but the angels sent them. And the message that they told, people gave ear to and we're willing to listen. You might feel unworthy, and yes, you and me both may be. But when the Lord has told you to go and that you are called, you have been appointed. And you have credibility because God is the one who's called you to go. Stop putting yourself down when the Lord has called you to go and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So when you tell people this year, Merry Christmas, you need to understand that when you say Merry Christmas, you are acknowledging that the Christ child has been born, and we celebrate his birth. I don't care what you might say today. When you look around the world, everybody stops, whether they're giving presents to other people, they stop and they acknowledge 
that this gift giving is because of something special happening. And that something special is the fact that Jesus was born, the Savior of the world. And if you have not met the Savior of the world, you can meet him now. If you know him, then you need to be doing what he says. Jesus, born the Messiah of the world. Aren't you glad that when it comes to Christmas, the atmosphere is even different? Just telling my wife the other day, it feels like Christmas outside. It's, it's kind of cold and kind of overcast. That's the Christmas season. You get Christmas, you got this little overcast and cold, just this special quietness in the air. Something special when it comes to Christmas. Till you get to the store and see all the mad people trying to get those last presents. <laughs> it's okay to give presents. It's good to be able to share. But we remember and understand that it's for the purpose of honoring the Lord Jesus Christ, the child, the Savior, born. Aren't you glad that God continues to give the details and make sure that the details are followed through? Doesn't leave a detail to chance. He didn't even leave you to chance. You might think that you were an, you were an accident. You were no accident. You were born here with God's purpose. So stop calling yourself an accident. You're not no accident. <laughs> you are God's design. And you represent the one that God sent his son to die for. Never forget, the purpose of his coming was so that you would be with him forever. Stand to your feet, please. I just think it makes sense just to give God a hand for the plan that he carried out. A good hand, not just this little hand, a big hand. Let's give God a hand. So today, as you prepare to leave this place, remember that the birth of Christ was not an accident. You are not an accident. You are a part of God's plan and design, and Christ is the fulfillment. He is the fulfillment of the plan that was proclaimed all the way back from the very beginning. All the writings and the prophets who spoke about him. Today, God, as we leave this place, we say to you again, Merry Christmas and thank you for a new day, a brand new day that you have made. And so we thank you for your grace we thank you for the privilege that we have, that you have given us truth. And we fully embrace and thank you for your wonderful grace and kindness. Now, we thank you for the Savior. May those who don't know Christ come to the place where they understand that we celebrate because of the Savior that was born. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year.